point eight to ten p.m. Turning conventional wisdom on its head. Songes on SAFM. I played cricket with him. I bowled him out once. He beat me, though. Alan Honey, director in our corporate and commercial law firm, Cliff Decker Hoffmeyer. He specializes in mergers and acquisitions, corporate law, black economic empowerment, consumer protection, credit law, specifically the National Credit Act, and a new advent in law and some of the issues that will be, of course, more and more in the spotlight, data protection. Alan, good evening. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Not too bad, thank you. I still bowled you out, so let's never forget that, please. Before we have yeah, this you're a lucky break there, so let's just all be, be honest with the listeners. That's what they will always say yeah. when they suffer misfortune at my hands. Oh, Alan, having a congratulations. Day, you forget about how I bowled you out as well. So, so. <laughs> Alan, well. please. Alan, congratulations. You guys have done great. Fantastic achievement. This is what it reads like very briefly. Law firm Cliff Decker Hoffmeyer has once again been recognized for deal makers at their 19th annual awards dinner held on Tuesday night in honor of advisory excellence in the mergers and acquisitions industry. The business law firm was recognized as deal maker of the decade having advised on the most M&A deals in South Africa over the past decade, despite the general air of uncertainty that continues to pervade the local economy. Cementing the firm's long-standing position as an industry leader, this impressive level of deal facilitation garnered recognition with the firm winning the first ever award for deal maker of the decade for deal flow between 2010 and 2019. Fantastic achievement. Unpack for the listeners what all of this means. I think, Sanjeeva, thank you very much. I think we're immensely proud of, of the fact that we've managed to win the M&A award for particularly in the deal flow category for 10 years running, and that, that obviously led to us winning the award for dealmaker of the year on deal flow basis um, for, 10, for, for, the, for the last decade. So we're immensely proud. Look, a lot of hard work and effort, and I think it's personally not blow on trumpet, but I think it's quite an amazing achievement to have won an award 10 years in a row. We, did, we missed out. You know, this year we got second place, but um, still having achieved, you know, 10 years in a row is, 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 is I think, quite a remarkable achievement and testament to our lawyers, their depth of skill, and also our clients, you know, the fact that they supported us and, and, and actually continue to give us, you know, the opportunity to, 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 to do this. So, yeah, we're immensely proud. We'll talk about the clients in a bit, but let's talk about the capacity within the firm. Hassan Ori, Cape Town Managing Partner, Chief Executive Officer Brent Williams, Chairperson Director Tabila Furman. You guys are well-led, and which is important, even at a political level, if it has to go that route, you are led by capable African people, colored persons, Indian persons, the mix and strength of leadership that is diverse at the top is not just testament to the skills that are available in the firm and the country at large, but more importantly, the capability of those previously disadvantaged groups who, if given an opportunity, can walk away with such prestigious titles. Yeah, for sure. It's a big thing for us. Um, we pride ourselves on our transformation, our diversity, and our strive to, to actually get somewhere. We, we obviously are South African law firm. It's, it's very important for us to, to, to reflect the diversity of this beautiful country and, and the diversity of its beautiful people. And it's a big thing for us. You know, it's a big thing for us to have, have capable black um, attorneys and, and, and entrusting them, um, you know, to actually shine and giving them the opportunity to do so. And I mean, so, so yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a massive achievement. And we're particularly proud of the fact that we won also the BEP of the year. You know, we, we did 
be the most bee yield um, in, in, in the Gala Woods and the other night as well. Um, that's that's a particularly very pleasing for me, especially um, doing doing a lot of the bee mm. working. Um, it's a testament also our clients are having faith in us and looking at us and our BE capabilities and also, our, of course, our understanding and our sensitivity to how important it is in the country and, and, and also doing 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 what's right and not just following black letter of the law, but actually trying to make sure that, you know, we achieve the objectives of the country and making sure transformation and diversity is, is, a, is, a, is a pillar of not only our social diversification, but also our economic development because it's a cornerstone of what we want to achieve in this country. We're going to talk about the broad-based black economic empowerment aspects of the work that is involved in mergers and acquisitions and deal-making at large. And for that conversation, we shall be joined by Mr. Andile Nomlala, the president of the Black Management Forum. But let's just get into corporate mergers and acquisitions. The status of our economy doesn't offer much confidence. Having said that, as a lawyer who has advised on a majority of these deals, given the fact that the deal flow is what you guys are also recognized for in the last 10 years, can you, from even a legal perspective, just give us a sense? You're not an economist. You're not one of these people who are paid to spin nonsense to us. The strength of our economy from the deals you've engaged, from an M&A perspective, what have you, as Ellen Honey, as a lawyer, been able to come out with to get a sense as to the strength of the country's economy? Yeah, I'll be, I'll be frank. I think it's a bit weak at the moment. Um, we've seen activity slow down quite a lot in the last, not just not just the, the, the last year, but even before that, we started seeing a slowdown. We anticipated it. Um, obviously, economy is going through some tough times, but we've been through worse. Um, and and yeah, it's it's it's, it's a difficult, it's a difficult economic environment. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that that, that 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 we have to you know do do lots of things to try and sort of you know keep afloat and not keep afloat necessarily, but just obviously keep the, keep the, keep the doors open and keep things going. Um, but it's, Alan, it's, sorry, I'm going to ask you to hold there. Sorry, sorry, Alan. Let me just ask you to hold there. I have to take an ad break now. We'll be back, and you'll continue, please. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. on the viewpoint. I'm in conversation with Mr. Alan Honey, a director at Clifdecker Hoffmeyer in the corporate and commercial practice, specializing in mergers and acquisitions, corporate law, black economic empowerment, consumer protection, credit law, as well as data protection. The question I'd asked him just before the ad break, unfortunately I didn't give him enough time to answer, was the strength of South Africa's economy from the work that he has been able to get in terms of managing deals, managing the mergers, managing the acquisitions. In his words, it is tight. We have to keep it tight and we also have to keep it flowing do you want to continue in that vein please Ellen in response to that question about the strength of South Africa's economy even from your eyes as a lawyer yeah so what what we see is certainly on the commercial side and the transactional side and particularly on the deal flow side there's, there's definitely been a slowdown I think I think there's part of it is a confidence issue I think some um, companies are not always that confident that making the right acquisitions at this particular time is potentially, you know, strategically maybe the right move. Um, then you also have many distressed companies who are looking, who are looking for, you know, how they can to actually, you know, get through this particular period. So it's not been a, it's not been a great period, um, certainly in the last few years, and, and we anticipate potentially still for a little while. Um, but that being said, I mean, if you look at, if you look at the type of transactions we do, if you look at our emphasis on the BE space, we still feel that. There's quite a lot of activity on the black economic empowerment space. Um, that's, that's been a key driver for, for, for transactional work as well, particularly on the M&A space. Um, so we're quite excited. And then you've got lots of, of areas that are still quite resilient, that are doing quite well. You look at the tech and the telecom sector, there's lots of opportunities, lots of activity going on there. 
Um, even in the agri sector, you're seeing nice opportunities coming up there, and there's some defensive sectors, your healthcare sectors, etc., which are still quite buoyant. Um, so we're quite excited. We think there's still lots of opportunity in the economy. Obviously, it's tougher. It's much more competitive, but that's fine. We like playing in those kind of environments. We pride ourselves as being very competitive, and you know, we'll, we'll back ourselves to, to match anybody and to do a better job than anybody else. So yeah, but it's, it's, it's a tough environment. It's a constrained environment, but you know, in South Africa, we've been through a lot worse. Um, so we're not we're not particularly stressed that we won't you know see through this and actually come out stronger. You talk about backing yourselves as a firm, and that's important. And I'm going to actually get into the finer detail of what statistics might mean. Let's talk about the engagement of your blacks in the firm. A lot of companies are oftentimes fingered for not having proper transformation channels in terms of exposing young black women and males, in particular women though, to the kinds of work that will get them these kinds of titles. A firm like Cliff Decker is no different to any other firm that always has to make sure that it keeps training its people, giving them the kind of exposure which was previously not available to them. So in the context of backing how do you make sure the Ngubegon Bambisas of this world are not in isolation, but are more of a currency than an exception? Yeah, I would like to. It's hard. It's hard from a number of perspectives. I think I think finding finding the right talent, grooming the talent, keeping it there, and then importantly keeping them happy. You know, um, it's 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 not that easy. Um, we we put a lot of effort in. I mean, guys like Ngubegon that you mentioned. I mean, it's fantastic. Guy, great lawyer, huge potential. We put a lot of energy into him. He's got a lot of energy himself. He's super committed, very ambitious, um, very smart guy. And you know, we punt guys like that. I mean, we want guys who are ambitious and guys who are willing to take the reins and will give you all the opportunity to do so. So, you know, our philosophy is very much to give people the opportunities, give them the resources, giving you know, provide whatever training and skill sets we need, access to clients and opportunities, and, and give them the opportunity to shine. I mean, that's, that's very important to us. I mean, I'm a, I'm a product of that. Um, and the firm lives by that philosophy. You know, at the end of the day, we are South African. We are South African organization. We want to reflect mm. what the country mm. looks like. So it's a big thing for us. It's a massive deal. Exposure to clients is critical, but sometimes the client, he who pays the piper, calls the tune. I'll tell you a story about the one time when I was once working in another law firm. The client actually requested that I leave. I need not tell you the race of the client. The client wanted to have a discussion with the director under whom I was working. The client asked that I leave. Of course, the director was at the mercy of the client's woman wishes, and I had to leave. How do we then make sure that work sharing is not just something which is rhetoric, but a reality, and to the extent that somebody needs to put one's foot down for, from that perspective, in terms of development, which is key for any law firm, not least a big law firm like that, yours would be, you make sure you straddle that fine line between the client's demands, some of which may be unreasonable, as I believe mine was, asking you to leave when I was only there to ever help that client, and to making sure that ultimately, because the philosophy is you eat what you kill, so if I'm not killing this thing, I'm never going to eat it. How do you make sure that such issues surface less and less, as opposed to more and more? Look, Sangeza, I think it's a challenge, it remains a challenge sometimes. Um, I think, you know, certainly I've been around, as you know, quite a long time in this game. Um, it, I certainly think it's getting a bit better. I think clients are coming around to the idea that, you know, this is this is quite an important and, and actually not only a national imperative 
you know, there's, there's, there's good sense behind it. And if we do it right, we can actually all sort of reap the rewards. So, so I think we're seeing a bit of a, of a, of a, bit of a change. Um, certainly in some of the larger institutional type clients, we, we're getting more of, a, of them kind of looking to us and saying, well, we are your black lawyers. It's super exciting. We really love that opportunity, you know, to showcase our black lawyers. So I think times are changing a bit. It's a bit slow, you know. Things don't happen as fast as we'd like. Um, but I do think there's a there's a there's a change certainly I see it in corporate South Africa, um, where there's a lot more emphasis. I mean, obviously the BE laws are helping to some extent, but I do think there's a bit of a mind shift, and people are acknowledging that if we all embrace, you know, our skills and we actually utilize our diversity to the best advantage, I mean, we can achieve great things as a country. So I think I see that coming through, and that's certainly been my experience over the last few years. Oh eight nine one one zero four two zero seven. We're in conversation with Mr. Alan Honey, director in the corporate and commercial practice at Cliff Decker Hoffmeyer. Mr. Alan Honey is based in Cape Town, but his work is national and certainly very much into the global community because he is part of a team who have just recently won Legal Deal Makers of the Year as well as of sorry. Dealmakers of the decade between the years 2010 and 2019. They've also won the prestigious award of Deal. Sorry, Deal. Deal flow of the year as well. So these are some fantastic achievements for any law firm. I think, especially the corporate commercial practice of any big law firm, this is what essentially is going to be the thing that they're going to use as their feather in their cap as they prance around the offices of Cape Town CBD, if not clients around Sant and Ellen. Let's talk about BEE. You do practice and specialize in that. Let's talk about these transactions in the context, especially of state-owned enterprises. They are under serious pressure, and this is when you need serious partnerships. Talk about your work in the BEE space. Yeah, so the, look, on the public sector side, the BEE space is slightly different. I mean, most of the BEE emphasis you'll find is in the private sector because there's obviously lots of lots of sort of laws regulating their compliance, and obviously there's quite a big drive to achieve the best sort of BEE ratings one can achieve. So, so a lot of transactional work on that side. The public sector, unfortunately, as we know, um, has had some had some challenges, and, and they continue to go through some difficult times. Um, um, I think I think those are things that that probably you know, will take some time to work through. Um, I think it's a little bit of a pity because those were the public sector entities were, were key enablers, I think, of the EE. Um, they were probably the, the, the sort of leaders going to came to sort of saying, well, yeah. we, you know, we want black lawyers on the deals. You know, we want to mm. ensure that your teams are diverse and we want to ensure that, you know, you front in the black lawyers, um, you know, as far as possible. in the way. So it's a little bit of a pity that that, that, that sort of, that they are under a little bit of pressure because that takes us to some of the momentum off. But that being said, I think the corporate sector is cognizant of our important bees, well, more and more cognizant of it. Um, so, so we still we're still hoping that that you know that momentum won't be lost. And, and I mean, I'm pretty sure the public sector will get stuff together. I think government has said some nice things, and they, and, they, and they look like they really want to you know pull things together. So we're hoping the public sector recover. It's also, as you know, we 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 have quite a number of public sector clients still, and we still remain committed to that sector, and we obviously want to be able to service them and. And help them through, through whatever the challenges may be, and obviously be of great assistance where we can. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a challenging environment, but um, yeah, the EE is, is, is still very much a, a massive feature of, of, of the South African landscape, and certainly on the transactional side, still very important um, for us in terms of in terms of the of the offer as well. 
You've been at this game for a while now and you've made that concession and BEE is pretty much part of South Africa's constitutional dispensation. To the extent that you engage with clients who don't come from an environment that contemplates social justice in part of its mainstream economy as BEE is to South Africa, what are some of the challenges that you have had to engage in in terms of satisfying your clients? First of all, BEE is not only something that is there, but it's there to stay. And BEE alone shouldn't be a threat. If anything, it should be a positive, not only for yourselves here in the country, but also those who are looking to invest in South Africa. In other words, the concerns we are always being told about the threat BEE poses to foreign direct investment, real or perceived, to the extent that it is real, how do you deal with it? So my own experience, and I mean, I do quite a lot of, of, of international work, um, particularly for foreign clients investing in South Africa, and, and, and invariably the BEE question is, is there. But, you know, I think so in South Africa we've become a bit obsessed with the, with the fact that we have laws like this and we consider them, some people consider them restrictive and potentially anti-investment. But the experience I have with a lot of foreign clients is that they're quite pragmatic about it. I think a lot of them will say to me, oh, yeah, that's similar to what we've seen in Malaysia, or that's similar to what we see in India, or, yeah, even in Russia they have some indigenization concept, even in other countries. So it's not an unfamiliar concept. Um, maybe called something different and slightly different emphasis. So I don't think it's particularly a disinvestment uh, or a reason for clients not wanting to invest. In fact, I've found the opposite. I think once clients... Look, our P-laws are very complicated. We've probably got the most sophisticated system, I think, probably in the world. So it's a little bit difficult to wade through, and, and getting through the detail is sometimes difficult for particularly foreign nationals, um, foreign foreign clients and, and multinationals to understand. But I generally get the sense that they're quite pragmatic about it. They understand that to do business in Africa, this is quite important. A lot of them probably have a better social context and understand the global sort of move towards ensuring that, you know, everybody gets a it's a fair share of what's doing and it's not just about multinationals coming and fleecing and you know taking what they have so so mm. I, I personally don't think it's something that um, a lot of foreign nationals um, you know consider as a, as, a, as a downside I mean they'll look more macroeconomic issues and stuff like that and political instability and uncertainties those are probably much more bigger sort of on their radar in terms of deciding whether or not to invest I think be something that they accept that is something that this country needs and like I said I don't think it's something unique to South Africa that they call it different things across the world um, so yeah I don't I don't see it as a massive, I don't think they see it as a particularly negative negative aspect it's just like it's complicated and difficult sometimes but luckily we've got lots of options and we've got lots of good people who can wait mm. through it and my mm. approach has always been don't do BE just for tick box and compliance no it's actually a massive benefit you know, if you do it properly and you really try and incentivize people into working together and to achieving a positive outcome, it's it's hugely beneficial to any organization. But do it for the right reasons. I say to people, you know what, don't come to me and say, oh, I just need to comply with the And I say, well, I'll go somewhere else. Um, look, come to me and, and ask me, well, how, was, how, you know, what, how will this work for me? You know, is it positive? And I'm absolutely, it's massively positive, you know. Expand on that, Alan. Expand on that. Expand on that because there are many who have only ever used BEE to tick boxes or to front for the purposes of getting government work. When we do talk about black economic empowerment and the codes of good practice, for instance, what essentially are we talking about? When we're talking about level contributor one, level contributor four, what are we talking about? What is it when you talk about black economic empowerment? Is it that it is such a positive aspect to embrace in business? as opposed to abusing for other non-desirable reasons, shall I say broadly? 
Okay, that's a big question. We don't have time to go through all the detail and specifics. Sure, I accept. I accept. The coach. But I, I think for me, the, the biggest overriding issue, and I always say to people when looking at things like ownership constructs and potentially, you know, sharing sharing parts of your of your ownership with 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 you know with black people, I always say, you know, there's there's two ways to look at it. You 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 could say that oh yeah, I have to do it just because I need to get you know a contract or an award or a particular business opportunity. If I don't have a level of BE or a level of black ownership, I I need those things. Um, and then I say, well, you know, it's not just about that because have you considered that you know employing the diversity and employing that that that, that skill set and importantly, if you look at your employees and you say to yourself, well, hang on, let me let me actually make my employees part of my organisation. Let them actually. You know, become part owners of of the business. Um, it, it's massively incentivizing to to those employees because you know they're not just merely going to be working in the, in 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 the particular business. They're also going to be reaping the rewards, and that then aligns your purpose. So for me, it's like if you align people's purpose and objectives and get everybody on the same page and saying, "Hang on, you know what? If we work together and we and we pull our skill sets and our strengths, um, we can actually achieve a hell of a lot more." Um, and, it, and it opens a lot of doors and lots of opportunities. So I'm very positive about it. I don't think it's a negative thing. I think it's actually, if embraced properly, it's, it's probably the best thing that, that's happened to this country. I mean, it's got a long way to go. Um, there's lots of there's lots of things that we still can get better at. There's lots of things we can still do and tweak, you know, to get it to get it to get it where it is. But I personally, I'm, I'm, I'm very positive that, that, that it's something that can actually spur economic growth. I mean, if you look at some of the changes they've introduced to the codes in the last few years. You know, things looking at things like youth unemployment, um, mm. looking at empowering small businesses in particular, trying to create an environment where particularly small black businesses and black owned businesses have access to opportunities they wouldn't have had, you know, normally. I mean, those are all very, very positive moves and hopefully will, will, will spur some kind of economic opportunity and potentially economic growth. Of course, you need an overall macroeconomic environment to sustain mm. it, and I think that's mm. a little bit lacking at the moment. Um, but I mean, that, uh, that the, the, the measures and the initiatives are really good um, because if we do that and we start empowering and we start and we start playing to those to those to those systems and we start looking at the benefit that can be achieved, I mean, not just from our own businesses, but from our own personal perspectives, but for the country at large. I mean, it's massive, it's enormous, and I mean, if we all embrace it in that spirit and we say, but hang on, it's not just about you know me and what I can get or the profit I can get out, but hang on, what does it do for everyone else, and how does this uplift all of us and make us you know into the country and to the people that we actually know we are and, and what we can achieve? Um, yeah, I think, I think it's usually usually positive, and there's been lots of good changes. Donald Trump, America first, Britain, Brexit. <laughs> South Africa are very much a distressed economy, as you have made numerous references to it. What does all of this almost systemic and geopolitical issues have as an impact in terms of deal flows and especially the value of these deals, more or less? I'd say probably a little bit less, um, but that's just because of subdued economic activity, some uncertainty, policy uncertainty, etc., nervousness around our economy, its, its stability, its fragility. Obviously, lots of concerns around ESCOM, which is quite a big player. I mean, it's the biggest power utility, certainly on the African continent, I think number mm. three in the world. Mm. Um, so that, that causes jitters. People are a little bit worried about our energy security, etc. But I always say to people, you know, these things all create opportunities for us now. Um, we're seeing now, you know, there's been announcements, obviously, at Sony, etc., you know, that we're going to ramp up the renewables. 
um, space, which is usually exciting. We're going to be probably moving to a greener economy faster than we would have, you know. And, and sure. those, are, those are positive moves. Those are, those are fantastic opportunities. And also, if one looks at the IPP program, which is the Independent Power Producer Program, which focuses on the renewable energy procurement, yes. uh, you, you look at those particular provisions, again, world-class. We've been, we've been loaded all over the world. How fantastic our system and our program was. And in the entrenched is, is really, again, community development, community participation, and importantly, community ownership and black ownership is entrenched in that. And it's been embraced by the international community at large. And we've been lauded for, 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 the, for the initiatives we've taken there. So those things, I think, will be very positive. So, you know, with every, with every sort of, let's call it adversity or particular challenge, there's always, there's always a positive outcome. And I, I certainly think, you know, we can't just be stuck on the fact that ESCOM is, you know, dragging us down. I think the opportunities that will come out of, out of this will, will actually be quite beneficial to the company in the long run. Mr. Alan Honey here is a director in the corporate and commercial practice at Cliff Decker Hoffmeyer, recently lauded with the M&A industry deal makers of the decade. A prestigious honor indeed, of course, taking into account the years 2010 to and including 2019. He returns on the other side of this very short ad break to talk about the value of procurement. Of course, we know that the draft public procurement bill is now finally out for comment until the end of May. Let's have a conversation with him about aspects of procurement that will obviously affect M&A deals and deal flow in particular. Ellen Honey returns after the break. Dealmaker of the decade is part of the team, Mr. Alan Honey. Alan, thanks so much for your time. I've got only literally one minute remaining. In fact, if you can answer in 30 seconds, I'd appreciate that. Very briefly, the changing times for the procurement environment with the bill and the fact that the president is pretty much fed up with how public monies have been spent. What opportunities does that offer? I think it's acting up. I think a good a good tightening up. I think a bit more a bit more transparent process, and I think a little bit more robust in terms of ensuring that we get the right people who can do the right jobs. I mean, I think the time has come for South Africa to say, you know what, it's not just about who you are, your skin color, your culture, your religion, etc. Those things, you know, are part of our diversity and make us a beautiful country. But at the end of the day, we need to be able to perform those jobs and perform them perform them well. And if we all do that and we all work together to achieve that, then I mean, these procurement, you know, the change the procurement laws are only going to be good things. Beers on Ellen Honey next time in Cape Town. Thank you so much for a wonderful 45 minutes of radio. Ellen, I appreciate your time and all the very best for you, especially in your practice. Thank you, Tengeza, and the same to you, my friend. Mr. Ellen Honey, Director in the Corporate and Commercial Practice at Cliff Decker Hoffmeyer in Cape Town, but with a national continental, as well as global footprint. Dealmakers of the year, many congratulations to them. Cliff Decker Hoffmeyer, business law firm, recognizes dealmaker of the decade. Let's go on now to our soapy why you were taken.